This podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Derek Stuckey. Derek is the co-founder and chief data scientist at Precedent. Derek, welcome to the show. Thanks, JP. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're delighted to have you. So Derek, let's start with yourself as we do with all of our guests. Could you give us a bit of an overview of your background in technology and your journey from where you got started, some of the roles you held along the way, and what's led you to where you are today as the co-founder and chief data scientist for Precedent? My journey has been a fairly winding one. Started out in college with no idea what I wanted to actually do for a living. So I studied physics because that seemed like the most generally applicable subject to that, that would have some kind of use, useful information for whatever I wanted to do. So that was really a punt. Then first couple jobs, the first couple of years out of school, ended up working as a software developer, primarily for intelligence agencies as a contractor in the defense industry. Enjoyed that, but eventually got bored with it. And around that time, and this was like 2014, 2015, the term data science started to really pop up and look like a thing that my skill set would be a pretty good fit with. So went back to school uh, at George Washington University to brush up on my statistics, which was kind of a hole in my, in my data science toolkit. And from there, went to a startup called OrderUp, which pretty much immediately after I started, got purchased by Groupon. It was a food delivery startup. Think of it as a Grubhub or DoorDash competitor. And ultimately didn't turn into a whole lot. I think they got sold by Groupon to Grubhub a little bit after I started, but that was really a turning point in my career. It was my first job with title data scientist and I was only there for a year, but learned so much, did so much as I've come to expect at a startup environment, but that was my first experience in that kind of environment. I was pretty much hooked from there. From there, went on to a company in the digital advertising space called Lotomy, which is not exactly a household name, but deals with data on a just truly massive scale, the scale that only, you know, maybe you could count them on maybe your, all your fingers and toes, a number of companies that are dealing with that data at that scale, or at least were at that time. And so really got a, a great experience working with the really large data sets and frankly, trying to do fairly simple things that would ordinarily be trivial. But when you start dealing with billions of rows and millions of columns in your data set, suddenly are, are not so trivial. And from then started up precedent with a few of my co-founders, Grant Little is our CEO, Logan Chittenden, our CTO, Jim Andrews, our head of revenue, as well as all co-founders. And we are totally focused on applying all these cool brand new NLP solutions to 
really specific use cases in the insurance industry. So the quick background on that is there's a, a lot of communication between plaintiff law firms. That means law firms are representing people that were injured in some sort of accident or have some other sort of claim against an insurance company and those insurance carriers. And there's a lot of communication between them. It's currently, I don't think it looks any different now than it probably looked in the 1960s. And it's highly manual. It's not very efficient. And we want to apply, again, these great modern NLP solutions to help automate some of that process and just generally improve efficiency. Yeah, it makes absolute sense. It's something that when NLP was getting some of its early hype, one of the industries that was pointed to was was legal, given the amount of historical uh, information available and how the process of manual searching to try and find precedent. So uh, as you guys are now building it, talk to us about some of the obvious benefits and wins and some of the great examples of why precedent is he helping these law firms process legal precedent at much higher scale. Talk to us about some of the wins that you've had. I mean, the fundamental problem here is data comes in to insurance carriers in a completely unstructured form. It's typically letters and, and sometimes other attachments such as medical bills, doctor's notes, et cetera, but it's totally unstructured or at least could be any sort of structure. And what they want out of that is structured data. It, historically, the problem has been, okay, or the solution to that has been, we're going to have somebody read this document and then go fill out fields in a database and populate those fields with key attributes for this particular document. And it, it's pretty... It's a pretty textbook problem, or at least it seems so at the surface for using modern NLP techniques, you know, named entity recognition and such, uh, to extract those key fields. But like everything, once you get into it, you realize it's not that trivial. I think particularly in the legal arena, you're right. There's been a lot of hype there and it's pretty clear, particularly with the LLMs, I would say even beyond LLMs that natural language processing is, it's got a huge potential here, but it's also got huge risk. And unlike some other arenas where if you get the answer right 99% of the time, but you get it wrong 1% of the time, that's a great outcome. That could be a really terrible outcome for ad clients, because if we get that answer wrong 1% of the time, and that 1% of the time leads to a case that goes to trial where it didn't need to. That's actually a very outcome. So I would say we are focused on harnessing the power of these tools, LLMs in particular, but making sure and building a lot of engineering around the periphery of the core machine learning to ensure that the answers you're getting are safe, reliable, definitely not hallucinations and using Really, I think a lot of the value we provide is all of the wrapping around machine learning. We have a machine learning pipeline of lots of different techniques with document classification. We have other models that split up documents into different sections. We do named entity recognition, question answering, summarization. We do all these things. You could likely accomplish all of this by just throwing a document in the chat GPT and going through and asking it a bunch of different questions about this document, but it's going to be 
way too expensive. It's going to be, again, correct, pretty good percentage of the time, but not 100% of the time. And the really dangerous part about that is that you're not going to necessarily know when it's correct and when it's incorrect. We spent more time on problem, frankly, than we have on getting the right answer. Getting the right answer is not as hard as it used to be. That used to be what data scientists would spend all their time on. Today, I think we spend more time understanding when we've got the right answer confidently and understanding when we're not confident. And we need to either report to the client that, hey, sorry, we're not confident in this answer. And maybe you should check this one or have other processes to deal with those. Can you talk to us a little bit about the team behind the scenes, Derek? Because what you're building is obviously... uh bleeding edge in the use of NLP and machine learning and AI. So behind that, there's obviously a team of talented individuals working with you as the chief data scientist. Give us a look behind the scenes of the team that you've assembled. What's it like day to day? And walk us through a typical project day, week in the light of a precedent team member. Yeah. So we've got a really great team. Our On the engineering side, we've got several engineers who actually all came from Amazon, I believe, at one point or another. They didn't all work together there, but have that pedigree, which is great because I would say our data science team, our typical mandate is make a machine learning solution work really well for one document. And then the engineering team, their mandate is, okay, now go make that work well for 10 to 1,000 documents all at once that 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 hit our systems at the same time. And so they're really excellent at scalability. On the data science side, we've got a pretty small but fantastic team right now. We will be looking to grow that in the future. And we've got a good mix of insurance industry experience and young, promising data scientists who are, I think, frankly, Being really young and brand new in this field is an advantage in some ways because you don't have to unlearn all of the, all of your instincts of how to solve a problem. And you don't even, you're not tempted to use, for example, TFIDF for classification when there's better techniques or at least typically better techniques now. So I I found that interesting that, and particularly with LLMs and prompt engineering, it's our most junior data scientists who I think has the best instincts there, probably because it's just such a completely different way to solve a problem than what I learned to do in school 10 years ago. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. So precedent launched, correct me if I'm wrong, in the midst of COVID 2022, but speaking offline, you guys have already had a lot of success. Can you talk to us about what the journey has been like since launching the business, how you've taken the product to market and from where you are today, give us some insight into What's next when you start to look ahead, particularly the next two years, what are you working toward and what are you excited about? Sure. So we've started with a really high degree of focus on this one particular problem, which means 
one particular type of document that's a letter from these plaintiff law firms to the carriers asking for a particular dollar to settle a case. And that, that I think has been a good approach for us because we can solve that problem better than anyone else because as far as I know, nobody else is 100% focused on solving that very specific problem. And from there, I do think there is a ton of opportunity. Much of the technology that we've built is not highly specific to that problem. Some things are, and that's important, but a lot of the, a lot of the building blocks we've assembled very easily be mixed around and put back together in a different way to be, to solve similar problems for other document types. So I, I think that's been a good approach for us. What's next is we're still early stage enough that I often don't know what's next a month from now, much less two years from now. But I think in general, we intend to expand these offerings to more types of documents that cover more types of communication and generally improve not just the, the quality of the data we're extracting, but the different types of data that we're extracting. So we currently extract the most important bits of information from these documents, but there's a lot of other things that are more nice to have category that clients have been asking for that I think we'll be able to finally get to now that we've got a good working core product. Yeah. And when you think of the industry you're in, it, it works quite often on billable hours and you being able to automate these processes can save countless hours in an industry that has a multi-billion dollar market cap. So the potential to save your customers large sums of revenue is massive. I want to spend some time now talking about the team in a bit more detail, mainly looking at what's next. When you think of the growth of the business that you've had in such a short space of time and you start to look at the, the road ahead, if you guys are able to continue and maintain this impressive level of growth, which I'm sure you will, what sort of opportunities are there going to be for people to join you and the team of precedent? What roles are you going to need to hire for? And more importantly, when you are hiring, what is it that you look for in an individual both on the technical side and also the cultural? Sure. What we, on the cultural side, I'll answer that first, because this is the part that won't change. We're looking for really great people who have a lot of enthusiasm and are excited about these new techniques and want to work on the bleeding edge. I can say that's been the greatest experience for me here. Been, been doing software engineering, data science for my whole career, but this is the first time that I've really felt like I'm working with cutting edge technology. I don't know what we're going to be doing a year from now, because I don't know what's going to be possible a year from now, because it's going to be more than is possible today. So we're looking for people who are just energetic, excited, and of course have the core skill sets that you need. Some ability, some programming background, some statistics background. So that, those are the things that are not going to change. I think what is going to change is so far we've been looking for really, I guess, full stack data scientists would be one term to use. Somebody who can do a little bit of everything because we've been relatively early stage up to now. I think in the future, we're going to be looking for more specialized roles. So we don't really have an analyst role right now. All of our 
analyst type capabilities or just responsibilities of the data science team. Everybody does a little bit. But I think in the future, we'll be looking for an analyst role who's somebody who maybe doesn't need to have quite the depth of programming background that we've been looking for so far, but is really good at analyzing data in, in sort of an ad hoc fashion, producing reports, working with different other teams that need specific questions answered and can be a really expert on answering those questions with either numbers or data visualizations is a thing that was a really good skill for an analyst. And I think we'll also have some roles that are on the opposite side, more data engineering focused, and you don't need to worry about visualizations and you don't need to worry so much about ever working with a spreadsheet. And all you need to worry about is doing ETL at a bit large scale for some of the data that we're using to train models, translating it from one format to another. So more of more of a data engineering skill set. So I think in general, that's what you'll be looking for in the future. It's more specialized roles, but of course, we'll still be happy to have someone who could do everything as well. Final question for me then, Derek, as the chief data scientist, you're very much hands-on in, in shaping the direction of data group as a whole, but you also spend a huge amount of time building the team and create the culture there. When you're speaking to candidates and when you look at the people you've hired today, what is it that you've told them about precedent, the work, the environment that has convinced these talented people to join you guys over somebody at a great company's hiring? Sure. I, I think I've told them, one, I think my advice to anybody in this field would be look for, if you're looking for a job, that is, is look for something in the NLP space, look for something in large language models, because that is the future. It's just so exciting. Within that envelope, inside that part of the Venn diagram, I'd say precedent is particularly exciting. Is we've got not just the technical expertise to solve these problems, but the really, really deep and broad industry contacts to get these solutions sold. And not every AI startup is going to be able to say that. And that's a differentiator for us. The other big differentiator, I think, is that real clear focus on a few very specific problems. And again, I expect those, that set of problems to grow in the future, but starting out, focus on, we're going to solve this problem for this one type of document, and it's going to be the best solution for that everybody will ever put together because nobody else is that focused. I think that's been a good approach for us. I think that's going to continue to be a good approach for us. I think there's a lot of, a lot of AI startups, particularly in the NLP space that would be a lot of fun to work for right now, but that's my best pitch is to buy precedent because I think we're not going to just have fun playing around with, with large language models and such. We're going to actually build a successful product, uh, be it enduring though. Derek. Thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. It, it really was a great insight into your own background and the journey that led to the, the launch of Precedent with your co-founders. It's such an interesting time for AI, given its many potential use cases. But whenever you see an industry that can be completely turned on its head in the way in which it processes its day-to-day -day information, 
that's always an area to pay particular attention to. And NLP and large language model models overlapping in the legal space seems like an obvious fit. So you guys are definitely operating in the right place at the right time. And it sounds like a good place to work for people that want to hone their skills. You guys are just getting started. So we wish you, your team and everyone at precedent the best of luck in the months and years to come. And we very much look forward to having you back on the show again in the near future. Thanks so much, JP. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oldest Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.